This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Today we're joined by Wharton marketing professor Jonah Berger to talk about his latest research on how language impacts word of mouth. Thanks for joining us, Jonah. Thanks for having me. So your previous work has looked at uh, how things go viral, and your latest book, uh, Invisible Influence, looks at how in- hidden influences affect our decision-making processes. Yeah. So could you summarize what you and your co-author looked at in this paper? We've all seen the power of word of mouth, uh, whether we're making a simple decision like what breakfast cereal to buy or a more important one like which house to choose. We use online reviews and word of mouth all the time to help us make those decisions. But is that word of mouth always helpful? Uh, and that's really what this, what this research looks at. So imagine you're at a party, for example, or at a conference, uh, and you're talking to people about movies, to two people you haven't really met before. One person says they like movie A, and another person says they recommend movie B. Which of those movies are you more likely to see as a result, and are you going to be happy with your choice? And what we find, I don't think so surprisingly, uh, is that people are more likely to follow recommendations. You're more likely to see movie B because you think the other person liked it more and it's a better movie. But actually, you might end up not liking that movie so much. You might end up making a worse choice because of the type of people that tend to use the word I recommend. It's a, a language uh, device. I recommend something that suggests not only you like something, but you're making an inference about what someone else likes. And it turns out that people that say I recommend something, whether we've looked at books or wine or hotels across a range of domains, it ends up that novices are more likely to say that they recommend something than experts. Experts aren't as willing to use that recommend language. They're more willing to say, I like something. Sure, I like this thing. But they're less willing to make a guess about what you're going to like. And so as a result, if people end up listening to recommendations, as they often do, we might sometimes end up making worse choices. So what were the key takeaways from the, from your study? Yeah, so we look at we look at two things. One, how people endorse things. So sometimes people say I like something, sometimes they recommend something. Those might seem like really subtle differences in language, but they have a big impact on two things. First of all, whether we're persuaded by that language, do we take that person's endorsement and end up going to see that movie or that restaurant? Uh, and also whether we end up making a good choice as a result. Lots of research shows that word of mouth is really helpful, and indeed often it is. But in some cases where we don't know if someone's an expert or not, like two people we meet at a conference that we've never met before, should we take their advice or not? And when we can't tell if someone's an expert or they're not our best friend who knows a lot about movies, sometimes we use what they say and the way they say it as a cue to whether they're an expert or not. So we assume that if someone says, I recommend something, they actually know a lot about movies, for example. Or if they just say, I like it, we assume they don't know as much. What's dangerous there, though, is that the opposite is actually true. Novices, people that don't know a lot about movies, are more willing to say they recommend something. The same thing happens with restaurants or other domains because they don't think about the fact that others may have different preferences than them. So if you're an expert, you're not really willing to say I recommend something because if we don't know each other well, I don't know your tastes. I don't know if you like the same movies that I like, so I'm not as willing to recommend it for you. But if I'm a novice, I'm very willing to use that strong recommendation to say I recommend this movie, whereas you as a listener might end up seeing it and be dissatisfied as a result. So, so my saying I recommend this might actually mislead, some, mislead somebody. Exactly. Yeah. And, and um, you know, in general, if we follow experts, that's a good thing, right? When we look online, we follow the wine experts when we're picking wine. We look for reviewer badges to figure out who knows a lot. But there are many cases in our lives where we don't know whether someone knows uh, a lot or not. And so we use their language as a cue to whether they have expertise. But that cue may sometimes lead us astray. Did the findings surprise you? 
Definitely, yeah. So uh, we sort of thought uh, that recommendations would be more impactful than likes. Uh, that someone saying, I recommend this movie, it seems stronger. Uh, it suggests, one, that they know a lot about the domain, but also they just plain liked it more. Um, and so that didn't surprise us so much. What did surprise us a little bit is the type of people that use these different types of language. And I've done a lot of work on word of mouth, and in general I think word of mouth is a good thing, but, but in this case sometimes word of mouth can actually lead us astray because different people tend to use different types of language. Right. And what do you think the key takeaways of your study, uh, which you co-authored with, um, with Grant Packard? Yeah. Uh, what do you think the key takeaways would be for marketers? For marketers, I think it's interesting. You know, the first thing that comes to mind probably when people listen to this, when they think of likes versus recommendations, is they think of Facebook, right, where we say, hey, I like this. Well, if they instead change it to I recommend this, it'd probably have more impact. Right? Knowing that a given movie or a given brand has a certain number of likes isn't as impactful as knowing it has a certain amount of recommendations. So by subtly changing the language you as a marketer use, you can impact whether people follow that language or not. That said, you need to be careful, right? Because what you don't want to is encourage people to follow the wrong information. We actually did a study where we show that uh, novices end up picking worse wine, for example. They end up being more likely to recommend that wine, and then following their word of mouth leads people to be more likely to choose bad wine over good wine if they don't know the difference. Um, and so to be careful there, you know, marketers need to think about, well, are we allowing people to use other cues as well? Are we just putting the language out there? Are we giving information about how many books that person has reviewed, how many uh, other bottles of wine they've talked about before, uh, or potentially other cues that will allow people to get a better sense, is this good for this person or might it be particularly good for me? Okay. And what, um, what about the consumer side? What are the implications for people who are trying to get information about what they like or what they might want to buy? Yep. Uh, how, do they, how can they judge a source? Next time someone tells you they recommend something, be very, very careful. Uh, first thing, think about, you know, do you know them? Or, or not. Uh, if it's someone you know and you know their preferences and they know your preferences, the fact that they're recommending something is probably a good signal. But if you don't know them, if you've just met them, if you don't know whether they know a lot about a domain, a red flag should go off. If someone's saying they recommend something, be a little bit more careful. Figure out do they actually know something about that domain or, or not? Do they know something about me or not? Um, and make sure they know enough about your preferences before you actually go ahead and take that recommendation. I can imagine, I mean, I can see this playing out all the time on Facebook, for example. Certainly. And I guess when it's your close circle of friends, it makes perfect sense in some ways to accept an explicit recommendation as you describe it. But I guess the, the caution comes in when it's someone you may not know. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, a lot of times when we're talking face-to-face, it's pretty clear. Online, the boundaries blur a little bit. You know, we, we talk to our good friends, but we also talk to a lot of people we don't know uh, as well. And we often assume those people know a lot about what they're talking about. They may not necessarily. And so that, I think, is, is what's important here. You know, lots of work has been done on online reviews, the power of online reviews. They're certainly a valuable tool to often help us make better and faster and easier decisions. But on the margin, there's some cases where it can, can lead us astray. And that's what I think this this research points out. Great. Well, what is it that you want to look at next, research-wise? Yeah, you know, I think one thing this paper starts to do, um, and researchers starting to look in this area more generally, is the language people use when they describe things. You would think in marketing we thought a lot about language, right? Uh, The language that works in advertisements, or why certain language would be more effective in word of mouth and not. Really haven't uh, that much. Um, And so there's a lot of work now bridging uh, marketing as well as computer science called natural language processing Mm -hmm. that's starting to look at not just, well, did people recommend something, but what 
what did they say in that recommendation? Even saying, I recommend something, I can say, I strongly recommend this, I recommend this for people who like this type of other thing, and the words I'm using there can be quite important. And so while a lot of research just looks at the number of stars, for example, saying, you know, a five-star review on Amazon leads to about 20 more books being sold, what's also important to say is, well, what's the language being used in that review, and how does certain types of language affect others uh, more, more importantly? So we're doing a bunch of research on this. We're looking at the language of customer service calls, looking at if you call up, uh, let's say, a retailer, and you say, I'm really unhappy. You know, well, what words do they use that might make you happier or not as happy? Uh, we're doing some work on the language used in movies, uh, for example. Might the certain words people use over time in movies lead those movies to be more or less successful? And can we predict that based on the language uh, of those movies? And even song lyrics. Can we predict how successful a song's going to be by the lyrics contained in that song? There's a, a lot of interesting data out there that's textually based, and we're trying to understand it better. Really fascinating. A lot to explore there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks very much for giving us your time. No problem. Thank you. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.